you know, we all have these moments where we feel like we have to put it all on the table, where we have to like, like do something that makes us extremely uncomfortable, take a really big risk. And I think the unstoppable mindset that you talk about really is deciding in those moments that I'm gonna commit. And as soon as you do that, doors open. I don't know how, right? You call it manifestation, call it divine intervention, call it sheer dumb luck. But it, it, it is a common pattern that if you commit, um, there is opportunity that happens. Not always in the ways you expect, but it happens. Welcome to Unstoppable, the podcast for anyone who believes that their past and current circumstances do not define their future potential. I'm Karina Burton, your host and co-founder of CPR Construction Cleaning. This show is a series of profounding conversations that share stories and experiences of unstoppable people. Those who are willing to change, discover what it means to be aligned, and who are also willing to face tough challenges that stand between them and their dreams. As a coach and marketing expert, I live my life believing that I am unstoppable. Now I want you to know that you are unstoppable too. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast. I'm so excited for our guest today. I actually met him through the Unstoppable Experience, Connor Snyder. He is the co-founder of Story, a marketing and technology company that helps people share their authentic message online and build community. His professional career includes an experience working in creative content creation, product development, and operations automation. When he's not working, he enjoys hiking, walks with his dog, Goose, and practicing his Chinese. I had to stop there for a second. Thank you so much, uh, Connor, for joining us. It was funny because when I was like walking your dog, Goose, and I really wanted to say like your goose, like a pet, because I had actually, I had a duck um, growing up and his name was Wilbur. So, I mean, come on, you can have. Oh, oh, oh my God. Do not tell my, girlfriend. <laughs> my girlfriend is begging me to like, let her get us a pet duck. She is obsessed with getting a duck. So she cannot listen to this podcast. She's going to use it against me knowing that you had one. Oh my gosh. No. Yeah. I had, um, it's kind of a sad story. I mean, it was a beautiful story. I found this duck at, uh, the feed store in my small hometown and he was ugly. <laughs> the poor guy. He was just not the cutest duck. And he was like this weird, like brown color, like the dirt. And I'm like, I'm going to take him home. And we had chickens. So, um, you know, I'm like, I, let's just l- raise the duck with the chickens. <laughs> and then the duck thought that he was a chicken. So he would literally perch in the tree branches like the chickens. And I had him for probably like five years. And then unfortunately, because I did grow up in the mountains, a mountain lion did get him. Damn. <laughs> so Wilbur went down, but I was devastated. I was actually in college by that time and it was sad. So ducks are pets. Connor's <laughs> girlfriend. Give him a hard time because I know you'll, you'll hear this podcast. Oh, Anyhow, Connor, I'm like literally so thrilled that you are joining us. Um, like I mentioned at the beginning, I met Connor um, through our uh, unstoppable experience that we just had on November 5th, which was an experience. Uh, Connor and his company were amazing and they were our gold sponsors too. So, and you live in Utah, so you flew out to the event and that's just so exciting. So everything I have learned about your company has been very much in alignment with what we do, right? Like authentic content creating. It's not bullshit content creating, right? You're not just putting shit out there for fluff, which I literally cannot stand. Drives me nuts. Like love Canva, obsessed with Canva. Uh, Brian loves Canva. But if you literally, all you do is use their templates, like 
no, please stop it right now. It's generic. It's ridiculous. Nobody likes it. And it's really awkward. So that's what's amazing about you guys, though. You guys really have taken the video. Um, I've really seen a lot of your guys' video content creation. And you really try to, not really try, you do it. You connect with your audience in a very authentic way. Um, But before we dive into all the goodness of the details on how you do that, I want to know more about you, Connor. Like, What has developed this mindset of being able to say, I am going to pursue something and create this app and develop it and then share it for, to the world, right? To give them this ease of creating authentic content, which is not easy. It's, it is easy if you have the right people behind you, but if you don't, it can be really difficult. But what created this mindset? Like who's Connor? Yeah, well, first off, Karina, thank you so much for having <laughs> me. This is awesome. I'm, I'm so excited to be here with you. And yeah, I mean, it was so great to meet at your event. I mean, we hadn't met before that. I had just seen all of your great marketing about it. You're so great at that. And I think what was really cool about that event is kind of similar to this, like you said, um, what I really believe and what we try to do with story is being authentic and and letting that authenticity kind of be that um, driving force that, that makes us be unstoppable, right, so to speak. So... I, uh, again, thank you for having me on. You're awesome. And I, you know, for me, I, I think that our purpose with, within story is to helping people share their authentic message online. And part of the reason we chose story was, uh, this deeply held belief by me and by everyone in our business that everyone's got a a story to share, right? Um, Mm -hmm. and I don't think my story is especially unique. I think that, um, it's, it's, uh, you know, uh, it's pretty common for growing up in Midwest Utah. Um, but I do think that hopefully there's some, some, uh, experiences that I have that can, uh, help other people who might be trying to overcome obstacles in their personal life or their business to find success. No, that's, I mean, So not to just jump into it as if everyone lives in our minds, right? Because obviously Connor and I have talked um, before the podcast and we know each other just a bit. But with you sharing that you feel like your story, right, isn't unique, right? There's not, not, it is unique because it's your story, And that's what makes you different, but that there are a lot of people who can relate. It's that relatability. There's a lot of people. And that is probably one of the, um, one of the biggest factors when I talk to business owners or anyone who wants to create a brand online is they don't feel that they are different or that they even have a story to share. And so many times we downsize what has happened to us or what we've experienced. And we don't really even take the moment to say, gosh, I've been through some really tough shit, but that tough shit actually has developed me into being the person that I am today, creating the company that I have today, or even your, um, where you're at professionally. And it always stems from somewhere. Um, You know, you said you grew up in Utah. Have you lived there your whole life or? Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's this funny thing in Utah, if you're not from Utah, where people ask you where you're from and they'll say, oh, I was born in California or something. But you really lived there for like six months and then you Mm -hmm. ended up Utah, like everyone in Utah, <laughs> in Utah is just kind of the ongoing joke. So I was born in California <laughs> yes. and, then, uh, we moved, yeah, and then we moved, my uh, parents moved to Utah when I was just a kid. And, and so I, I basically have grown up my whole life in Utah, claim Utah as home. And um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a, a unique spot here. Um, and in, yeah, it's been really a place where I've learned a lot of valuable lessons that I think are only lessons you can learn in Utah. (laughs) True. I've lived in Utah. I lived there um, for just, I think it was like three years. 
I lived in Orem. I say that with a sigh. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I, I obviously didn't get the experience of like all the nature, like all of what Utah really has to offer and that people really love, right? I had like that living Orem just outside of BYU. So I got that experience, which for me was like, yeah, I'm done. I'm over yeah. it. <laughs> I'd like to move past it. But it's true. It is it is a very unique culture that you can only experience that in that location, which let's talk about that though. Yeah. It is hard. It is it can be very difficult because um there it, it's uh there's a lot of commonalities. So when you feel different, you feel really different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how, how do you get, how do you overcome that? Right. How are you able to fit in within your surroundings without it being the thing that's delegating you and your life choices and who you are as a person. So you yeah, know, I'd, let's I, talk I about so that a little bit. Yeah, I, <laughs> Please you know, do. Let's dive in. You know, to anyone that's listening to this, I, I think it's so important to remember that that again, this sto- the stories I'm I'm going to share are applicable to anybody, whether you're religious or not religious, if you are Mormon or not Mormon. Um, the to me, um, it, it's kind of just more lessons about better understanding ourselves. So while I'm talking about my experience within a certain religion. I think all of us have our own experiences that can relate to this. So hopefully um, everyone in your audience, whether you're religious or not, finds something of value here. But um, I grew up here in Utah. It's a it's it's dominated mostly by, um, you know, uh, the LDS church. And so there's a there's a there's a culture here that's that's that is really grouped around that. Right. And and for me, um, I grew up in in, you know, going to church every Sunday and loved going. I had a bunch of, that's where all my friends were. We all had the same beliefs. And it's interesting because, you know, on the other side of, you know, as you grow up, you kind of talk to people that didn't grow up in that environment. And it's like, well, I was surrounded by all of this diversity of thought and, and uh, this like diversity of background and ideology. And, and, you know, what's interesting is, is there's tons of awesome things that happen from that. And there was also some awesome things that happened from being around to people that all like you, right? Like you, every, all that, there was just this baseline assumption about the way the world worked. And it kind of led to this, like, like this kind of like simple way of, of living. And, and I think I grew up in the, the most ideal childhood, you know, we'd go spend summers building tree forts in my buddy's backyard and, and all that. And so, one of the things that that happens when you turn you know late teens when when you're um in the the lds church is they you people go on missions that's like the expectation right like you see the people with the white shirts and the black name tags right and i i decided to go on a mission because that's all my buddies what all my buddies were doing and it's interesting now because i'm not necessarily a believer or, or 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 a religious person so to say though i definitely consider myself spiritual um, but that that experience was probably one of the most um, influential for me to to grow in in in, in our business. So I was a, a missionary that was assigned to California to speak Mandarin Chinese, and so I uh, I I basically spent every day knocking doors and and the, almost like a summer salesman, you know, like the guys that are coming yeah. to your house and selling you mm-hmm. you know uh, alarms, knocking on doors and 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 you get a lot of people telling, you, no, you know, I'm sure you and other people have had that experience where you're walking on the sidewalk and there's someone you see that you don't want to talk to. And you're like, "Mm, I'm going to get busy. (laughs) I was, I was the guy that was like, I don't care if you look busy or not, I'm going to go and talk to you. (laughs) And, and when you have that many conversations with strangers and you, and you talk to that many people about those really sensitive subjects that all of us have, very near and dear to ourselves that are very personal about spirituality and identity and, and where do we find meaning in the world? Um, you just, you, you develop this deep, I, I don't know how other people don't, but I developed a deep empathy for, for um, just how varied each of our lives can be and, mm-hmm. and how amazing stories and people there are out there. Um, and so that was definitely one of those things that I think really defined um, the way I see the world was just this like, wow, there's so many, there's such a rich background 
and um, diversity of the human experience yeah. and so many stories worth sharing, you know? Um, and so that was one thing that really founded, I think, part of how I approach um, my work. And then coming back home and deciding that I no longer wanted to be an active believer in that was its other, it was another interesting experience um, because, you know, going against the grain <laughs> is always, is always yeah. a, a difficult exercise, but um, kind of gave me the muscles, I think, to try doing my own thing in my business. Yeah. You know, and it's that end part to what you just said is so powerful because to be able to trust in who you are and who you want to be and to lean into that, even when you feel like you're alone, even when you feel like you're going against the grain of what um, everyone around you is doing, it's really teaching you about intuition. Mm -hmm. And like, I repeat this in all my content, I talk about it in my podcasts, I talk about it on stage, if you are an entrepreneur and even business professional, if your intuition is not the first like thing that you are great at, like you are going to struggle. You are going to fall down a lot because you don't trust in yourself. Like we are all given this amazing gift that helps us be our guiding light and it's our intuition. And, and your intuition is going to tell you danger. Your intuition is going to tell you to pivot. Your intuition is going to tell you this is the right thing. Your intuition is going to tell you, hey, I think maybe you should go over here and give this person some money. Like literally your intuition is going to be everything for you. So if that is not something that you're working on and trusting in, I can tell you because I for so long literally did not trust my intuition. I had this mindset, this belief that I always made the wrong decisions. And it's still something I actually struggle with today when things are not going right. And I'm like, see, I'm so wrong. But the reality is, is that I had to be taught so many times, basically, like, if you don't trust your intuition, Karina, I'm going to teach you for the fifth, for the sixth, for the seventh time. Do you really want to be on your knees crying this much? No. Okay. So you're smart. You're wise. You have the ability to receive guidance and you don't have to be a, uh, not necessarily professional, but somebody who has these expertise from the, from the get-go, right? And f for you exercising your intuition and trusting like, this is not and no longer in alignment with me. And I'm not going to be peer pressured with what is going on around me so that it dictates the choices that I make in my life. Like that's huge, not only for your personal life, but for your business, because when those intuitions, when those promptings come to your way, I'm sure you feel that muscle, like you say, you're exercising it and you feel more inclined to be like, I'm going to listen because I trust. I know that it's the right thing. And I know I'm not alone in the sense of like that had been a really major struggle for me, but that is a struggle for so many people and for them to be able to trust that they have the gifts and the talents within to keep learning, right? So like for me, you start with the intuition and then you, then you learn with experience and then, but if you don't trust your intuition, you're going to learn with experience, but in an experience, that's not in a way that is really conducive. It's a little painful, not going to lie. Like yeah. it's a struggle. So, you know, that's impressive. And that's really, that is really hard to do in a position like yours, because like you said, you know, you are surrounded around people. You're probably, your family is still active in the church. Um, and that's not easy to do. So when you got home, you did that. Did you go to college? Like what was your, um, yeah. Yeah. what was so that I like was, for you? Yeah. So I, uh, I was up at school at Utah State University. Um, I had did that before I went to California and then came back home and, and was doing that for a while. Um, and not only was that where I kind of like re-examined kind of my belief system, but it was also where I feel like my career kind of started. I uh, got a job on campus, which if anyone listening to this is still in college, 
get a job on campus. That is going to be the coziest, best thing for you. Amen. Um, so I, <laughs> I got this job at Utah State University's MBA program. And uh, funny enough, they're still a client of ours to this day. But uh, I, I was working part time there and I, I've always been like the nerd. Like that's like I'm like the kid that was like, I want to go and and dink around with every bit of technology. If I like like my first thing I do when I get a new app is I go to preferences and like, what can I customize? Like it's just how I'm wired. And so uh, when I was there, I really wanted to get into Facebook ads. Like I, I knew a lot about Facebook. I felt like that's where a lot of people were spending time. And so I was like, why don't we try running ads for the MBA program to get applicants to, to start their MBA with Facebook? And the the director of the program, who is one of the best bosses I've ever had, Kathy McConkie, she said, sure, you know, have a couple hundred bucks and, and go wild. And so I did. I was like, whoa, I get 500 bucks a month for a Facebook ad budget. This is crazy. You know, like now I look back, and, you know. <laughs> After I've been spending five thousand, ten thousand yeah. a month on Facebook ads, I'm like five hundred bucks. That was not that big of a deal. But at the time, I was like, "Whoa, I'm getting trusted with five hundred bucks a month," and I got results for it. We got impressions, we got applications, and by by that boss allowing me to like take my intuition of what I felt like was going to work and run mm -hmm. with it, um, it gave me confidence. Right, like confidence is when you act on that intuition. And then you mm -hmm. see a good result and then all of a sudden that that repetition brings that confidence right and i think that that experience kind of taught me that us as leaders whether we're leaders because of our job title or leaders because of the influence we have it's important that we are helping people learn to trust that intuition of we right like we need to learn to listen to our intuition of who's trying and help amplify their efforts so they can kind of play that out, right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, you know, when you become a leader, it's really through example. It, it's not like, I don't even want to say it's, that's my opinion. I'm going to say that's how it is. You've got to be through an example. And one of the best places that I learned that for me is being a mother. <clears throat> and, you know, my whole journey of, self-discovery at the age of 30, having my kids and then being a single parent and finding my way over the last 10 years. Um, the reason why I even started this was because I was being a, I was being a great mother. Like technically, if you've like write it on paper, like mm -hmm. I was coaching my kids' soccer teams. I was doing all the mom things, going to parks, doing activities, taking them to go play with friends, all the things, right? Yeah. Yeah. But technically I was not being the best mother I could be because I was living behind fear. I was living behind um, these like <clears throat> ideals that I couldn't do things. And so when I would talk to my kids saying, hey, don't give up, you can do this. I'm like, wow, I'm I'm going to end up where my kids, which is funny because my daughter, my oldest daughter is now 18. My daughter's going to be 18 years old and she's going to look at me and be like, mom, I love you, but how can you give me this advice because you've never done anything mm. yourself? Yeah. And that is where like I learned that it doesn't matter in home, in life, in business, in leadership or just being a peer at work, you have got to be someone who is not just talking about it. You're, you're being about it. Mm -hmm. And through those examples is when like being the best version of yourself and being a great example to other people. And obviously that looks in business as leadership, as someone who, you know, is there to talk to the people around them being like, look, I've been there. I've done that. Or them just simply watching you. So it's like leadership is such an interesting thing because it's not, you know, I'm going to delegate you and here no. this is the roles that you do. No, it's <laughs> funny because it. you'll listen to some leadership advice and it's like delegate, 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 which is true to a point. Yes. Yes. But to I a point. You got to couple that with this. Uh, this is, you know, again, a personal opinion here, but my leadership style is I want everyone on my team to know that I am willing to jump in the trenches with you and do your job if you need help. Like, like 
that doesn't mean that it's the right thing to do, right? There's sometimes where it's like, that's just not responsible or feasible. But I want the, at least the feeling to be like, if this was an emergency, Connor would jump in the trenches and have my back. Because I think that um, effective leader, you know, effective leaders need to be willing to mm-hmm. help their team know that you're on the same side. Servant leadership is leading from the front. And I think if, if the team doesn't feel like you're there to assist, if they're there, if they if they're if they feel like you're there to be the boss, like you know, get high on your own supply, have your ego yeah. trip, right? Like then then no one's you are not going to have loyalty. You're going to have more employee turnover. People are not going to do their best work because if you do not have your work and your job and your leadership style driven by values and 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 your core values, you can't expect the team to be doing having their core values driving their work. They're there for a paycheck at that point. Mm-hmm. So you had this amazing experience, right? That kind of had like the lights turned on and you're like, this is it. I love it. I like doing that tech side. Um, so what, what then? Yeah. So Did you graduate I, from college and then you're like, I'm going to just do this full time or. Well, part of the whole, you know, um, like identity crisis here, what actually made it very difficult to keep going with school. I, uh, through an interesting series of events, ended up having to drop out because I couldn't afford school. Um, the, 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 the way I was paying for school at the time was mm-hmm. as I was in good graces with, uh, with someone that was giving me a good deal. And when that was not the case anymore, um, because of my, you know, personal belief changes, they, uh, they, that, that situation changed. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to make this work. I dropped out of school and I found a job working full time. Um, at a solar company where they needed help running social media ads. And so I started doing school again part-time and eventually graduated. But from that point on, it was really like, I want to focus on my career and get really good at social media advertising. And uh, mm-hmm. I think one of the kind of foundational things I, I learned was I went to a speech at um, the Adobe headquarters here in Utah. Adobe has one of their headquarter offices here. Mm. And um, Dennis Yu, who's a marketing influencer was speaking and he was talking about social media ads and gave some great technical insights that I felt like were really foundational to me. But he also said something there that has really just stood with me, which was excellence is repeatable. And I think that one of the things that, that as a marketer, I had kind of watched other marketers do that I think was like, was Mm -hmm. they get so obsessed with like the one campaign, the one branding thing, and, but they be kind of they become this like, uh, you know, they, they like they've got an idea and it's kind of like a one trick pony kind of thing. And they only can do it in that one instance, but there's no process behind it so they can repeat it. Like it's almost like, okay, cool. You did this once, but did you just get lucky? Like it's one thing to go viral with one video, but are you consistently building a relationship with your audience? It's kind of the difference between those things. And so part of what the way I started approaching marketing was like, how do I build a process? to what I'm doing. Like I can go set up a campaign, but if I want to go into a business or do consulting, I have to have a process that I can articulate so that I can articulate the value I'm bringing to that org. And so um, that was kind of a, a, a key like turning point for me. And lucky mm-hmm. enough that I started thinking that way because three months after I started this new job, um, someone in that company was cooking the books and I walked into work one day and they said, Hey, we're laying off one third of the team. We are giving you two weeks notice. And then, uh, you're, you're going to have to go find a new job, which was so stressful. <laughs> and that's <laughs> worst. getting, have you ever been laid off before? Do you know, like, like, do you know what that feels like? Has that ever? I was trying to think, I'm like, yes, actually one time, but it was, it was like a amicable, but it was literally right before Christmas. And I was oh. like, holy shit. <laughs> It's, Those... it's really because they found out that I was like starting to dabble into my business and they were like, no, you can't do that. I was like, why? I would never like hit it ever, never hit it. Yeah. But I was like, why? And I'm so grateful. Like fast forward three years ago to now, like everybody promotes side hustles, everybody. But you yeah. know what? If, if they wouldn't have gotten pissed, I wouldn't have had that push and been like, shit, I'm going in this full time. Yeah. Sometimes it's a kick in the pants you need. I know it was for me, you know? Like, yeah. It's, it's a little horrifying though. I totally get it. No, it's the worst. Right. And so like, I, I got laid off and I was like, oh, and, and 
when you get laid off too, even when it's like, even when you feel like it wasn't because of something you did, it wasn't like a performance mm-hmm. or anything, you go through this thing of like, is something wrong with me? Am I even yeah. valuable? Like you go through all this whole like self-doubt cycle. And so um, that definitely was, that sucked. And the thing that it then made me feel like was like, I was kind of angry, but on the other hand, I, I kind of eventually have come to realize like it was just business. And that was part mm-hmm. of the reason I think that I, I really wanted to do more consulting. That's when I really started doing a lot more consulting was just recognizing that I wanted to be a little bit more in control of my destiny. So I never was in this situation where I felt like, okay, my job's gone. And now that was my only income stream. And and now I got to stress out. Like I wanted to have yeah. a little bit more safety net, you know? Um, well, I mean, from the time that you essentially dropped out of school, right? Mm-hmm. And then you were at this job, you were there for three-ish months. Mm-hmm. Then they fired you and you were like, wow, why don't you just kick me when I'm like really down? Yeah, I'm just feeling like shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, and I feel like a lot of people would be like, look, like life is telling me I'm making the wrong decisions. Life's telling me that I need to go back and do the things that I was told I was supposed to do. And the reality is not that at all. No, no, not at all. Not It, it, it was like, all right. It's false perception, right? Because mm-hmm. it's fear. You get into this very fearful space and it's really life saying, well, how bad do you want it, Connor? How bad? All right. You want to see how bad you want it? And, you know, you, you essentially claw yourself out of these really tumultuous situations because you want it really bad. Right. And, and and what's funny is like looking back, like even saying I really wanted it bad, I don't know that I knew what I even wanted then. Mm-hmm. I just knew that I wanted more security. I wanted to be able to pay my bills. And and I had, I think, like a long-term vision of like I wanted success. I don't think I had a definition of success. I don't think I had a clear idea of what it would take to get there. And I would hope that like, you know, anyone listening to this, that it, you, you got to remember that sometimes success isn't like the end goal isn't always clear. You've got to kind of just take the next step, right? Mm-hmm. And kind of trust the process will help make the 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 end result more clear. There's some people where like the end goal is just like crystal clear from the moment they're born. They're like, I'm going to do this thing and that's going to be it. And, you know, hats off to those people. I wish I would have been one of them. That's funny. I'm one of those people who's just like, I don't, I just feel the need to move, you know, like I feel like I have to yeah. stay in motion a little bit. And as I've stayed in motion, what, what that's done is it's presented opportunities and open doors. It's raised my ability to, to see possibilities and, and perceive different versions of who I could be. And so mm-hmm. once those opportunities kind of, once I've started to take a taste for life and see these different options, I think that's helped me get more clear on like, well, what do I really want? Like, where do I want to be in 10 years? Where do I want to be in 20 years? Um, what do I want the impact that I have on the people around me to be like? And that then lets you stop and reevaluate some of the things you're doing day to day. Um, but yeah, I mean, once I was at the solar company, got laid off, I got another job at a, at a mortgage company. I was uh, hired to be a marketing manager there. And what was interesting was I, I would always run social media ads for brands. You know, like I had these like bands that had all of this legacy and like, like a, a awareness to them right I, mm-hmm. and this company was different because they weren't a brand they weren't they weren't doing anything what they were doing is they were a mortgage brokerage and the brand was the individual loan officers who did business with their clientele and the brokerage just did the servicing on the back end and so what this meant was our marketing team internally was not about the corporate brand it was about being an agency for anything that these different loan officers needed and and what, what that had me do was kind of force myself to think outside the box of instead of trying to do corporate ads, what if I helped each of these 150 loan officers build their own ads and build their own mm. campaigns around their personal brands? And this is before TikTok and Reels were all being a thing, right? <laughs> and, and so I started helping them record videos for ads. And I was like, look, they don't want to see our corporate our corporate bullshit. They want to see you. They want they trust you. They have mm-hmm. the relationship. Your audience has a relationship with you. So I'm going to record a video, share your expertise, and we're going to run this as an ad. And those ads were drastically more successful than the ads that we were running from the corporate level. And that's where I met my business partner, Austin. We were both working at this company. 
And he came to me one day and he's like, dude, I think this is something real. I think we could blow this up. And he's like, I've got a network. You've got the know-how. Let's, let's turn this into a real business. And that's when we decided to start our, our marketing agency Yeah. and, and uh, start working on helping people build a brand to help them grow their business. That's amazing. All through a series of events that probably felt like you were just getting kicked down yeah. and down. <laughs> You're yep. like, no, it's actually just kicking me to the right direction. You just can't give up along that journey of no. feeling like you're getting kicked down. It's just leading you to the right place. So let's talk about story though. Let's talk about, you know, all of the, um, well, actually, hold on, sorry. Kind of got a little, I want to know, and this, this is me who wants to know because I like being educated. Now the audience get to hear as well, but, um, you created an app for your for your company for yeah. story so yeah. to really make it very simplistic for your users mm -hmm. um i had the opportunity to through devin i was able to check it out right and see yeah. what that's all about and it's super cool but i would love to know you know how what sparked your idea because when i think about building an app i'm like Oh my gosh, I can barely even update my phone properly without screwing it up. So, hey, that's me too. It doesn't matter how tech savvy you get, those updates are dangerous. That's just how it <laughs> they ruin your phone. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I love talking about this because I think that we've moved very quickly with our app. Um, we, we, you know, in less than a year have been able to build a ton out of, of functionality. And, you know, it's funny because I, uh, it kind of comes back to the advice Dennis gave me, which was excellence is repeatable because what's funny about an app or tech or any of that is that technology, all it does on a very fundamental level is automate a process, right? Like if you think about the most basic technology, like a wheel, right? A wheel just helps it make you, uh, helps make it easier to move one thing to another spot. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and as you kind of like extrapolate, greater degrees of complexity, uh, um, you're, you're really looking at the same thing. It's like um, even automated AI software is just taking a process and streamlining it to deliver you a result. And so when we wanted to build, we've wanted to build the app for years from the very beginning, it was one of the things we planned mm -hmm. on. And it was because if you get really clear on that repeatable process with that excellence, right? If you can define that process extremely clearly, then it's just a question of, okay, which parts of these processes can we automate? So an example of this is we had a really hard time getting content from clients. You know, some content clients had it in Dropbox, some had it in Google Drive, some mm. had it on their computer, some had it on their phone. And when you can't, what, what we'd have to do is we have to take all the files from all the different places and we'd have to standardize those files so that we could turn them into tickets that our team would fulfill, right? And so we really had a very rigid process step-by-step step, of everything we were supposed to do for that content. And so what we did was, well, what if we took that process and we turned it into an app? What if we just automated all of these stages so that our team, instead of having to go and doing all this manually, can focus on how do we take that content and turn it into something excellent, mm -hmm. right? And, and that then opens possibilities um, as you standardize information and standardize processes that you can go and, and apply into other yeah. parts of technology. So like if you're developing, Genius. yeah, if you're <laughs> developing anything, that's where you got to start is what's the job to be done? What are you really trying to help somebody do? And then define that process before you automate it. Building an yeah. app is a business strategy. It's automating a process to help you accomplish a job to be done. So what are all of the offers that you, that you house in your app? Yeah. So, so, one of the things that we are just wrapping up is we have team functionality for content ideation. So a really common like thing that I've heard from creators is they want to make more content, but they don't know what to create. <laughs> They're like, I want to get in front of the camera. I want to make a video, mm -hmm. but I don't want to sound stupid. Like I want to make something that's going to do well. And so we built an AI tool that actually identifies the most common questions based around topics that, that people want to build their brand around. And so maybe you're you know, interested in marketing or entrepreneurship. You just select those topics in our app 
and then we will automatically create a hook, an outline, an outro for that topic. Um, and then you can bring your team in, you know, and have different people in your team creating content so that your business kind of has this like fully fleshed presence of like authentic voices within it. Hmm. And so that's, that's kind of like what we do within the app. Once you've got that content recorded, you can submit it to our team in the app. We've got a team of over a hundred content creators who take projects. We turn them into really engaging social media video, YouTube video, podcasts, et cetera. And we edit all that content so that, that you have this really authentic presence because we're not going to go and turn it into this high production thing. What we're going to do is take your raw message and then add captions, pop-ups, clean transitions. So that way, while it's still authentic and raw, it also is using best practices to keep the content engaging and build that no mm-hmm. like trust relationship with your audience. I love, I mean, for you to be able to condense it down, simplify it, but yet, you know, it's able to get detailed for people to be able to have this type of content. It is as a content creator now, somehow, all right, I'm a, I'm a business owner, I'm an entrepreneur, and somewhere along the line, I ended up becoming a content creator. A really great content creator. <laughs> Thank you so much. But I do, I hit those moments where um, I've been really great at um, copyright. I write from the heart. i very authentic. But when it comes to video, I'm like a freaking deer in a headlight. I'm like, I got nothing to say. I don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I don't, I, I can speak on stages. I can, you know, write amazing content. I can give you value. But if I sit in front of the camera and I'm like, okay, I'm going to give you like all these tips and tricks or whatever about a certain topic, I'm literally a deer in headlights. I have to like, like talk myself through it. Like, Karina, you got this. It's all good. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm saying. And I sound like, you know, so even people who you see, like myself, right? People, you'd be like, oh no, Karina's got this. She's got it. And I'm like, no, like so many of us need this extra help because you're only literally as creative as you can be every single day. But when you're extending your reach out with people and um, support systems like yourself and um, story. It opens up ideas and other opportunities to be like, aha, like those aha moments. And that's what I think is so, it's crucial. It's so imperative because when you're creating a brand for your business and a personal brand, which I feel like if you're a business owner, someone on your team has got to be a personal brand alongside of your company. Who's that going to be? Who's going to be the face? You guys can decide that, but someone's got to do it. You know, you start running out of ideas. And so you guys facilitating that and simplifying it, because that's my other thing. You make it complicated. You've lost me at the second part of it's not making any sense. I'm like, no, I don't get this. You got to like shoot me straight. It's got to be easy and then be able to just use my phone because how many of us content creators or business owners in general or anyone who does, I, I, I say business owners, but then I'm like, no, business professionals, we're always on our freaking phone, emailing, checking stuff, whatever. So you, the fact that you even have that to uh, like the app to simplify it instead of going onto a website is very cool. I love yeah. it. It's such a great idea. Yeah, we've got it. We've got it set up on the app. We've got it set up on a website. And because the reality is, is there's so many people I talk to, they're like, I need to have this full crazy studio set up to make this work. And it's like, no, the best camera you have is the one on your phone or the one on your computer, because it's the one that's most accessible to you, right? Mm-hmm. The best video you make is the one you actually make, not the one you plan on making. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. so really, it's just get out, sit down and recording and look, if you're feeling embarrassed about editing videos, you or anyone in your audience, we all had spelling classes in your kindergarten, but we didn't have Adobe Premiere Pro classes in kindergarten. Like we all <laughs> learned how to write. And so we're all like, okay, I can write, I can do this. I can learn this skill, but learning how to edit video is technical and there's an artistry to it. And that I think that anyone can learn if they take the time, but sometimes mm-hmm. it's better to not try and learn something yourself. Sometimes it's better to just hire someone that knows what they're doing. Yeah. And run with it. And, and, and even time though, time is money. 
So if I'm like, hey, I'm just going to sit here and try to figure it out myself, but yet I could be over here making money, right, through coaching, um, through speaking, you know, creating more podcasts, but yet I'm over here doing the detailed portion of it. Like Mm -hmm. I'm spending money and I'm not making money. So it really is smarter to, you know, if it's not something that you want to do professionally for the rest of your life, like I'm good with, (laughs) I'm good with handing it off. Right. Like it's, it's, it's smarter and it's honestly best business practices. Um, especially if you want to like elevate in your career in any way. Mm -hmm. So you have all these amazing wins since you had that, you know, incident where you're like, Oh shit, what am I going to do? Okay. Um, Austin comes to you and says, let's do this thing. You're like, let's do it. And you build, 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 build. What would you say though, has been throughout your process of growing your business where you're just, maybe you had like that, oh shit. And you really had to dig deep to pull yourself back up. And I, you know, I feel like that's when we all really know that we become unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Do you, you know, do you have a moment like that through yeah. your story journey? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, so I had story started on the side. It was my side gig. And and uh, even after the mortgage company, I was working in product development with software engineers for a company full time. And uh, I, as we had been building this on the side and we got our revenue to a point where it was like, I can afford to bring myself in full time and really commit to this and, and grow it. And it's funny because until you get to that point, it feels like a side gig. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, this is real. And um, I I kind of just made the decision at that point, like, you know what? I think I need to go full time, full in on this, like go full time on, on this business. And uh, I went to my boss and I was like, listen, I've been building this thing on the side. And I totally expected it was gonna be like your experience where they heard about your side gig. Like, <laughs> Get the hell out of here. So I was like, look, I'm building this thing on the side and the revenue has gotten to this point. And and that was hard because I had to like, I had to like give up that safety and security. I had to like, and as I was telling him about it, he looked at me and he was like, wait, it's doing that well. Well, what if we just wrote you a check and joined in as a partner? What? (laughs) Yes. OMG. I know. I'm like, shit. And so like, what, what? it's funny because the emotional experience I was having up to that moment was definitely dread. It was, it was fear. It was like, there's all these people dependent on me. What if we lose a client? What if it all goes to shit and this great mm-hmm. job I had like goes away? But being, but committing to like playing that out and seeing that through opened a door that I would, did not even think would have been a possibility and ended up being a huge turning point for our business. And so, uh, you know, I guess the the message I would would say there is, you know, we all have these moments where we feel like we have to put it all on the table, where we have mm-hmm. to like, like do something that makes us extremely uncomfortable, take a really big risk. And I think the unstoppable mindset that you talk about really is deciding in those moments that I'm going to commit. And as soon as you do that, doors open. I don't know how right? You call it manifestation, mm-hmm. call it divine intervention, call it sheer dumb luck. But it, it, it is a common pattern that if you commit, um, there is opportunity that happens. Not always in the ways you expect, but yeah, for sure. Amazing. Well, that is, that is a very exciting part of your journey. I mean, that's so cool. Cause you're like going in, you're walking that fearful path. You're like sitting down, you feel like you're going to throw up right there <laughs> when you're, you know, doing something that's really scary. And then you're like, Oh wow. Okay. This is turning out much better <laughs> than I anticipated. And how long have you guys been in business now? So we started, um, almost four years. It's going to be four years this spring. So yeah, almost four years. Well, congratulations. So exciting. Okay. Before we uh, say our goodbyes, I, you know, what are the fun and uh, new things that are coming out with story? Anything that our audience would be interested in knowing? Absolutely. So I can't reveal everything on our roadmap, but I can tell (laughs) you that we're going to have a big focus this next year on how do we help it, help it, help you as creators 
make it even easier to create video. It's really hard. You know, everyone knows they should be doing it, but a lot of people aren't doing it. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so how do we help you create more video? How do we get, help you get, have the right frameworks? How do we help you know what to say? How do we make it extremely simple? How do we make it so you don't feel like you have to make an hour long video? You can make a 30 second video. Um, and then how do we make it as affordable and fast as possible to get professional editing services on your content? So that way, instead of you having to hire a full-time video editor or thousands of dollars for, for a, a whole production, you can spend less than a hundred dollars and, and get a really awesome custom piece of content created for you. And so those are some of the things that are on our roadmap that we're really excited about. Um, but right now we have this cool thing where we're doing um, a free video edit for anyone that signs up with story. So you can sign up for the app for free. You can submit your videos, your photos, your PDFs, <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll turn that into really engaging content um, and give you like a free sample edit of, of what our team's capable of. So, um, you can just check that out at story.co, story with two Y's, S-T-O-R-Y-Y dot C-O. Amazing. Well, that is literally, I'm going to jump on that offer. Damn it. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm not just, I'm not just kidding. I'm serious. I'm going to take that offer. No, I actually think that we do have something working with Devin. So I'm really excited to be able to, um, you know, create some stuff with you guys because it's going to be really helpful for me. So those who are listening, take advantage of it. It's really going to build your business and even your professional career. There is nothing more, um, more beneficial than if you're trying to elevate in your profession, even if you're working for a company, than creating your brand online, because that is your live resume. Like you, you don't even need a resume. People are watching what you're doing. And when you're creating content that is surrounded around your expertise, it's your living resume that you're sharing every single day. So someone will find you, someone will want to hire you and you will achieve the dreams that you are seeking out. So don't miss out on these opportunities. Thank you again, Connor. Um, it's been fun. I, you know, every single time we talk, it's always a great time. So I'm glad that you joined me today and shared uh, your amazing, unstoppable journey and self with us. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's been awesome.